Let's face it, hiring help is not easy these days. Let Zentegra Staffing help you find the right person for the right job. Head over to Zentegra.com forward slash Zentegra Staffing to find out more and let us staff your people needs. Welcome to another Citrix Session with your host, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton, your source for all things Citrix. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of the Citrix Session podcast. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside, and of course, I have with me Bill Sutton, who is my my uh, tried and true uh, sidekick here. Hey, Bill, how's it going? Going well, Andy. Thank you. What's uh, what's the most exciting thing happening in your professional world this week? The most exciting thing? Oh, that's a tough one. I'd have I'll have to I'd have to think about that. Uh, you know, just uh, keeping customers happy. That's always the uh, the big thing. Yeah, and you know we do a lot of that and successfully, do. but doesn't yeah. doesn't always work out, as you know. No. Uh, but there's certainly some effort. But I, I did a um, interview with a company the other day, and uh, they were asking me about success stories. And I, I considered that they should. I asked them that they could, should consider uh, unsuccessful customer engagements as part of the criteria for the interview process because uh, there's certainly a lot of that, and, and how a partner acts in that scenario is probably what makes them a partner or not a partner. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Although you never know. Um, you got to be careful with those. It's like the bad reviews on Amazon, right? Some of them are real and some of them aren't. Yeah, what I was really alluding to there is what did the partner do to try to help and try to yeah. say yeah. what were their efforts to, to make things right? Even if it wasn't their problem, what did they still do to try to make yeah. it right? Good the point. Perception is reality. It is. Everybody's mind. It absolutely is. All right. Well, we've been waiting uh, a couple weeks now because of lots of things that have happened, whether it was the VPN or the uh, business continuity, the remote PC, all good stuff. But uh, uh, business continuity has been driving a lot of our conversations like it has for most people. But uh, we decided a couple weeks ago, uh, maybe a couple months ago now, that we were going to do a podcast on not a Citrix blog per se, but one of the uh, one of the architects at Citrix, a guy named Daniel Dan Feller, uh, who does his own blogs that show up in the Citrix blog sometimes, I think. But uh, Dan did a uh, a blog about the most important thing mm-hmm. in the world of Citrix, in my opinion, and you may have uh, agree or disagree, but which is has been and always will be uh, what Citrix does around the end user experience, and nothing does that or really covers that better than HDX protocol, uh, what uh, you and I probably still refer to as ICA. What, is, what does yeah. ICA stand for? Independent computing architecture. Right. And so all real Citrix guys know what ICA is and they see through the marketing gimmicks around HDX and HDX protocol. HDX is the marketing term. Uh, I think what, what, when that really made sense to me is when I went to Home Depot and, and saw that the, uh, the brand of uh, the, the store brand, the Home Depot brand of things like brooms, uh, they were also using the term HDX. Uh, and so HDX is just a branding concept to try to, yeah. to try to, make the uh, the world of Citrix uh, enhancements sound better, uh, but it's still made up of key concepts like uh, the ICA protocol, uh, which has been, you know, the, 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 the granddaddy and the best on the market since, since it became reality. Since 1989. Yeah. 1989. Yeah. Which, uh, what was the, uh, what was the predecessor to ICA 
in the world of Citrix. Wasn't it multi-win? Or is that the product? Multi-win, but the the actual technology was what became RDP. uh, Oh, yeah. Handed that over to Microsoft to, yeah. to keep uh, to keep Big Blue from Big Blue, Big Blue. Anyway, keep keep Microsoft from uh, squashing them and putting them out of business way back in the late '80s. Right. Anyway, so uh, Dan wrote this uh, blog. Uh, we we reached out to Dan, and, and Dan's a really busy guy, of course. And right now is a really challenging time for a lot of the architects. So Dan couldn't join us, but we're going to cover it anyway because you know the show must go on, and that's one of the commitments you and I have to the community. Is yes. We're going to cover this stuff um, no matter what happens. And so in this case, we reached out to Dan. Dan couldn't join us, but Dan wrote this article around uh, bandwidth. And, and as you know, it makes a huge difference uh, in the world of Citrix, even if you're sitting on a 10 gig network these days. Uh, but really, if you're not and you're having to come in through a small pipe uh, because uh, because that's what's available uh, or that's because, you know, that's what's available on your back porch, which at that point in time, you just want it to work. Uh, and Citrix uh, bandwidth and protocol has just been, Citrix protocol has been the best at that and continues to be. Um, all right, so real quick story. Uh, Synergy last year, I'm sitting beside a guy who's kind of new to the Citrix world and a lot of conversations around workspace and micro apps. And you know, we've covered that in these podcasts and that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I think they covered the, uh, the bandwidth improvements at Citrix, uh, for what I think I measured at 30 seconds, right. In part of the keynote. Uh, and I was, uh, disappointed of course. Uh, but you know, I get it. They've got other things to talk about, but Citrix is, Citrix is what the bandwidth is, uh, the scenario and there's, you know, again, the best at it. And it's gotten so much better in the last decade, in the last five years, uh, that we thought it was important to cover this blog by Dan. Absolutely. I can remember a a quick story. Um, I was in a hotel in uh, Nashville last year um, trying to do, you know, what I do, process time reports and and access other SaaS-based applications, doing it from my desktop or from my regular laptop over there, the hotel internet, the hotel Wi-Fi, and it was slow, chunky. So I connected to our virtual desktop over ICA slash HDX. And that connection, even though that connection was really kind of latent, it didn't matter in the ICA world, they compensated for it. And things actually worked faster through a virtual desktop than they did through my physical laptop. And I'm sure you've experienced that as well. Yeah, the hotel scenario used to be the second worst, the the, the worst and still the worst is uh, airplane scenario. Airplanes, yeah. That's gotten a lot better too. Uh, but what Citrix has done around the protocol, which we'll talk about in a minute, has certainly yeah. helped those pieces a lot. Um, you know, talking about the airplane when I, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but I was sitting in the back and I got to see a whole bunch of people using Citrix from the back of the plane, which was kind of an aha moment for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure it was a little challenging, but still, as you pointed out, worked better than trying to do it native. It did. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so what's kind of the genesis of this is the uh, the latest long-term service release came out in uh, December of 2019. Therefore, it's numbered uh, 1912. And that was on the heels of the hills. Uh, that was after, what, three to, was it three years uh, since uh, 7.15 came out, which is the last long-term service release. And so what Dan's done here is he's decided it's time to take another look at the bandwidth utilization. Right. Uh, and we're going to cover that. So let's talk about what Dan used for test details. I'm going to highlight and do a shout out real quick to our guys over at uh, Login VSI. Uh, Login VSI is a simulation uh, tool that every Citrix shop should be using either directly or through a partner of some type. 
um, as they build new environments and probably more importantly make changes to those environments. There's, you know, there's nothing like being a systems admin, in this case specifically a Citrix admin, and making a change on Saturday, Saturday night or Sunday morning at 1 o'clock in the morning and then saying, well, I think that's going to be fine for Monday, but having something like login VSI to, to crank it up and, and see you know, how the engine's truly going to run uh, is really the only way to do it in our space. It is absolutely. Then you need to you need to be able to measure how many you know the the, the holy grail question we always get asked, right, Andy? Is uh, how many users can I get on a server? Well, login VSI is one means to really be able to answer that question with uh, with with real information. Yeah, and how many users are we get on a server after I make a uh, update to right. um, Google Chrome browser? Right. Well, yeah. I don't know. Let's find out. At what point is it going to fall over? <laughs> I think about that kind of uh, like when I had small kids, you know, you, you take them to Disney and you, you go, go, go all day. And you're like, oh, I can't believe they made it. And then all of a sudden about 945, they just fall over. And that's right. when you know, you've reached right. the end. And then, you're, and then you're carrying them home from the fireworks. <laughs> All right, so uh, Dan used login VSI. He had uh, the concept of three profiles, a task worker, uh, which is probably most of our Citrix workforce these days, a knowledge worker, which would be similar to what Bill was when he was in the hotel working, uh, and then the power worker, which might be our engineers uh, or maybe uh, healthcare users using the, uh, the high-end graphics piece. Mm -hmm. He had uh, two operating systems in play, Windows 10, which I, I love to highlight this part. It's Windows 10 uh, build 1903, which means it's really Windows 1903 uh, because in the world of Microsoft Windows 10 specifically, uh, there is no such thing as Windows 10. Windows 10 is just like HDX. It's just the branding of it. Uh, the build is what you're really dealing with because you know, one build can be very different from another and a great reason to do this test as well. That's right. Uh, the server version he used was 2016, which is probably uh, Windows Server 2016, which is probably uh, mainstream these days for most yeah. people. I don't know how much uh, 2019 is out there, but it's certainly coming on. We see it a little bit, but most of the deployments are on 2016. And then he also used uh, the Citrix optimization tool. Uh, I guess I'll go back to the, the, the operating system conversation real quick. I was in a, a Citrix session at Synergy probably five years ago now, uh, and they covered um, 44 minutes on how to optimize Windows 10 and one minute on how to optimize uh, Windows uh, 2012 or whatever that server was at the time uh, because the servers are just so much more optimal. But this tool, this uh, optimization tool uh, for 1903, um, really does a lot to help you take out the guesswork on on the base level stuff you need to do to make the to make the images perform as expected. Specifically, yeah. Windows 10. Yep. Windows 10 variants. Uh, the policies in place: uh, a baseline policy, a bandwidth optimization policy, and then a user experience policy. Which you know that gives me a chance to get on my soapbox here for a minute. Uh, you know, a lot of um, a lot of us think that what we do on the data center side, the server side, uh, the administrator side, is the the most important part of a Citrix solution, and it is. However, if uh, users don't uh, have an experience that they uh, um, are willing to uh, use. Uh, then we've failed. So, you know, all the, all the greatness in the world on the back end, if users don't tell us they're happy or at least adopt the system over alternatives, kind of like you in the hotel, uh, then right. we, we haven't really accomplished what we've said. No, you're absolutely right there. User experience is key. Uh, Dan used a 60-minute cycle, a 60-minute test duration, three cycles of that, uh, and took a sample every five seconds. So uh, certainly... 
certainly a skill set that Dan has there uh, that we all should have as yes. part of our tool belt. All right, so first look, uh, utilization for a 60-minute log MBSI test uh, for, the, um, for the 715, for the, the baseline um, profile in place only. Uh, we looked at um, uh, bandwidth utilization of 137 for the 7.15 uh, LTSR versus 26 KB. So 137 KB, uh, so that's kilobits, not bytes, uh, kilobits per second versus uh, 26 kilobits per second. Uh, that's quite an improvement there uh, from 7.15 to 19. What do you think caused that? Well, he goes on to say in the article, which we'll get to, but um, I think a lot of it was just HDX enhancements that have been made between, you know, the two or three years since 715. Um, they've made, a, as, as you know, in the current releases, they've made iterative um, improvements in the, in the protocol, um, you know, over time. And, and 1912 obviously captured all of that uh, and then some in the LTSR release. So I think a lot of it was, uh, was just simple protocol enhancements that they've made, that Citrix has made in, in HDX. And I'm sure some of it's also probably Windows 10 related as well. Yeah, maybe we should just go through the numbers here and then we'll let yourself yeah. and myself kind of comment as to why. So uh, 715 versus uh, old LTSR versus new LTSR for a, a knowledge worker. We went from 269 kilobits per second uh, down to 88 kilobits per second. Uh, and then for the power user, we went from 870 kilobits per second down to 166. As we kind of go down through the article and start applying the uh, bandwidth optimization policy, we go from uh, for the band, for the task worker, uh, old LTSR 136 down to 26, um, knowledge worker 268 to 88. And then for the uh, the power user, 425 down to 163. Looks like maybe the power user got the biggest benefit. Yeah, it was virtually the same between the two with the exception of that power user. And he was only down by five. Right. Yeah, it looks like the uh, that bandwidth um, policy had a much bigger impact on the old LTSR versus the new one. Mm -hmm. uh, and then finally, with the uh, user experience uh, optimization turned on. Um, we go from 138 down to 64, 350 down to 94, and then 900 down to 166. So major impact there. I, this kind of brings me back to when I was a Citrix sales engineer, we had one of our guys, he got on, he went to go on, he went on a cruise for a week because uh, he was working with one of the cruise line um, organizations and he got to sit there and do basically bandwidth tests. <laughs> <laughs> so not such a bad gig. No. Um, definitely envious there. So it looks like uh, Dan goes on to graph this out for the Windows 10 use case uh, and, you know, kind of highlights what we were just talking through there in terms of the yeah. numbers. You definitely need to go take a look at the blog. Uh, and then Windows 10, but what about uh, what about server OS? You know, I'm going to scroll back and forth between these two. It looks like, uh, looks like we certainly got a bigger benefit out of the optimizations on the client OS, Windows 10, uh, versus server OS, and you know that goes back to my comment a while ago that the server's already kind of lean to begin with. Uh, right. I would be curious, um, you know, how you have misbehaving applications amongst multi-session OS like a server OS, how that uh, might impact stability. But if all things being equal, if it's stable, then we see a you know good utilization for sure. All right, so. Uh, he goes on in the uh, blog to kind of go over the uh, some of the policy settings. Um, so maybe you and I should work through that. So in the uh, in the baseline policy, audio quality is uh, set to high, uh, bandwidth optimization set to low, and experience set to high. 
Um, any thoughts on on why those are reflected that way? And in, in that's a good question. I mean, I don't know about you, but most of the time, I mean, what I set audio quality is typically either low or medium. I don't think I've ever had an encounter a situation where I've done high, and most of the voiceover IP uh, people say medium is the best way to go. The best balance between density and the bandwidth uh, is probably the medium. So I guess he was looking for the best, the, the most rich user experience here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess uh, the low optimization on the bandwidth one was certainly to try to get uh, you know as much gas mileage as you can. Yeah. It's not like driving, at least in the old days, uh, 55 miles an hour the whole time. Right. You weren't looking for a, a wild ride. You were just looking to get there and use the least amount of gas possible. Yeah. So again, uh, the next setting is a desktop wallpaper where it goes from uh, allowed to disabled back to allowed because you're looking for user acceptance versus optimization of the bandwidth, which makes sense. Yep. Uh, and, and Bill, if you want to talk deeper on any of these based on history, feel free to just jump in. Will do. Uh, dynamic Windows Preview. Uh, you know what, Bill? You're going to have to explain that one to me. I don't even know what that is. I think that is where you're hovering over the icon down in the system tray or down in the taskbar. It pops up and shows you a preview of the uh, of the window. Um, I think that's what that's referring to. And, of course, that, that rendering takes bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably, you know, typically we turn that off, I think, in most cases. Yeah, that was funny because I'm, I'm, because we're doing a recording and I'm not doing my day-to-day production work, I'm in my local desktop versus in my virtual one. And the minute you started talking about that, I had a pop-up in the corner. Right, exactly. And it's, and it's kind of nonstop, right? So that's definitely something you want to turn off. If not, you get annoyed by it. Plus, if it's a little laggy, it can be very annoying. Mm-hmm. And that's you're on a you're on a Zoom meeting or a, or a Ring Central meeting or something, and those things pop up left and right. You can notice some uh, wavering in the band in the uh, audio, and even laggy in the video, right? Because those things eat up eat up precious bandwidth in some cases. Yeah. So in that case, for the bandwidth scenario, we uh, prohibited it, but all the user right. experience ones we enabled it still. Uh, limit video quality uh, not configured in the baseline. Uh, bandwidth optimization, it was a max of 720K uh, and uh, not configured in the user experience one. Uh, HDX adaptive transport, this is an interesting one because this is going to come back to what we talk about here in a few minutes, but uh, this is where we use UDP and then fall back to TCP. Uh, and in both cases, it was in all three cases, it was turned on, which, you know, let's just go ahead and kind of steal our own um, message here a little bit. That's the kicker, right? Going from UDP uh, to TCP. And that being always preferred, uh, not always, but almost always preferred, uh, is probably the big win in the evolution. Yeah, adaptive transport was a game changer here and leveraging UDP. Uh, in addition to some of the, uh, the active, the ability to, to, to render different parts of different windows, um, you know, using different codecs uh, and, and um, to improve the overall experience, those two things together were really the big things, I think. Um, and what was the uh, what was the acquisition by Citrix that put that kicked that ball into the playing field? Um, um, I can't remember the name of it. I should. I should. If it gave me in long enough, I could remember it. But uh, light, um, you know it. So go ahead. It's uh, Framehawk. Framehawk. Yeah. yeah. It was Frame something. I kept wanting to say Framecast, but Framehawk. Yeah. And, and I might get my story wrong here. I don't think so, but I think that came from NASA and their desire to um, be able to 
have a more horrific, um, uh, uh, a better performing protocol uh, in situations where you're interacting with things like the space station and you don't right. really care to get every bit and bite there correctly. You're just trying to get most of them there and we'll figure it out once it gets there. Right. Exactly. Which is kind of what you just basically defined UDP, right? Yeah. Yeah, for most people, we'll give the common example, right? You're like you and I, right now. We're on a we're on a, a VoIP related session of some type, and you know, if you miss one of my words because we have a network blip, you probably don't care to have me go back and repeat it. You can figure out what I was talking about. No, that's right. All right, next one is uh, menu animation, which is allowed, prohibited, allowed. So in the bandwidth segment, what's what, menu animation? You want to give me a quick twenty seconds on what that is? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I think that's really just about. Um, pictures and things, the, the actual, uh, like the tiles in Windows 10, yeah. where like the, the weather tile or the news tile will show pictures and things like, I'm not really sure. We'd have to look at the, uh, look at the, the, the details within the protocol or within the policy engine to see exactly what that means. But I think it's something along those lines. No, we'll, we'll phone a friend and call his Integra consultant. There you go. All right. Uh, preferred color depth, uh, 24, 16, 24. So 16 in the bandwidth segment. That's pretty easy. That was certainly yeah. a big thing back in the, uh, back in the dial up days, uh, target frame rates, uh, 30, 16, uh, 30. So 30 frames per second down to 16 frames per second, back up to 30. Um, you know, in a lot of situations, do you really need, uh, the, the frame rates changing as, as fast as they are? across the protocol and, and the yeah. answer is no um, minimum uh, frame rate we have here at 10 8 and 10 which you know that's setting your baseline so that the, the uh, bandwidth saving one is at eight uh, video codec uh, used to preferred versus for actively changing regions you would use it so you're talking about just you know portions of the screen versus uh, the whole screen changing or or whatever the session thinks is most applicable uh, view window contents while dragging uh, allowed, prohibited, allowed. So, you know, prohibited the, the prohibit that because, you know, who, who cares really, but it's a nice right. tool. Uh, I think that probably showed up. Uh, well, certainly um, what was the thing that showed up with um, uh, Vista? Uh, that was the, um, where you could see through the, uh, the frames, you could see through the tiles, the, the, the title bars. What was that called? I don't remember. I know what you're talking about, but oh, I cannot believe I can't remember. It's like it's like last night. There's there's a Citrix administrator that um, that I worked with in the past, and for some reason he was in one of my dreams last night, and that's <laughs> bad in it. Uh, and I could not in, in in my dream I could not say his name, and I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't go back to sleep until I figured out what that guy's name was, uh, and then I could finally go back to sleep. <laughs> kind of funny and kind of sad all at the same time. Yeah. Well. Uh, visual quality. We got uh, medium, low, and then high. Of course, this is really the only one in all these settings that we've seen differentiate between the the user experience one and the default one, which says a lot about what's happened here. Is a lot of the default uh, settings uh, because of the enlightened display transport uh, have become right. usable in almost all scenarios. Yep, that's the key piece right there. Is the adaptive transport that that transport that uh, helps with all of this or most of this. Yep. And that, that kind of gets us to the end of the article and that goes to the main message of the article, which is, um, <laughs> so here's, here's my Andyism for this one. Uh, everybody's a good driver today because all the cars are automatic transmissions, right? Uh, you don't have to know how to drive a manual transmission. In fact, most of your nice cars can be either one at any point in time, depending on if you want um, to be kind of a, um, you know, changing the gears yourself. 
Right. That's where Citrix has gotten the protocol. It's, it's pretty good just right out of the box. And if you leave it alone, uh, in fact, you probably should leave it alone uh, unless you have a really, really good reason to change it. Absolutely. And I think that the, the results of his test bear that out. I mean, when you look at the, the, the really the only place where it made much difference was when he did the high quality user experience, which would probably mostly be on a LAN. Um, so you're not really worried about 166 kilobits per second on a LAN. Uh, you might be worried about that or concerned about that remotely over the internet from somebody's wifi, home Wi-Fi or, or even a LTE connection. And that's where you go back to the default because there really wasn't a whole lot of difference between the default and the reduced bandwidth. And part of that, or a big part of that is, is, is um, EDT. Well, you know, that, that probably leads me to say something I, I should have said in the beginning. And, and I have this conversation with people all the time. And that is Citrix since the late eighties has been trying to take what normally went from the display adapter, which these days are integrated into the system board in a lot of cases right. uh, across a wire, a very short wire to a monitor that may actually even be built in together all in one thing uh, and trade taking that and putting it across a network, which might be a high speed LAN. It might be a WAN or it might be some remote access, you know, the internet. Um, and that's, that's amazing that this, the stuff even works. Yeah. Work as well as it does in many scenarios is a, a, tra- a testament to how far all this has come. Yeah. And just to, to kind of update the, the listeners, uh, menu animation, I looked it up real quick while we were talking. Um, and you know how when you click on a start and then you hover over a menu and it might put the little arrow comes up and it shows you all the options for that menu item? That's right. what that's talking about. Yeah. Kind of like the Windows preview. It preview. It's pulling additional bits from the server side uh, in a in a in a server based computing or VDI environment, which is consuming bandwidth. So that's why you would prohibit that in the low bandwidth scenario. Yeah, you you know what you just proved is you're still a consultant and you just cannot stand. Not <laughs> I have a lab. I pulled the lab up and looked at the policy. So that's great. Well, Bill, that's it. Uh, any other thoughts on this this topic? No, uh, Daniel has been, or Dan has been doing these for years, and uh, these sessions at Synergy and Summit are some of the most highly attended because of, uh, well, for a couple of things, and I'd I'd be remiss if Dan listens to this, we have to mention Chuck Norris once, right? So, you know, Chuck Norris is the one who uh, really makes all this go fast, according to Dan, so uh, if you've ever seen one of his presentations, you know what I'm talking about, but um, they're very entertaining, um, and he goes into a lot more detail than is in this article when, when he goes through this, but this has always been kind of his thing, and I'm sure there'll be more of these coming. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a Citrus guy and you don't follow Dan Feller, if you're just an EUC guy, right? Right, right. Um, following Dan, because a lot of the logic that he lays out in these things apply to no matter what product you're using. That's right. Uh, it certainly ties hand-in-hand hand with what Citrix is doing. Mm-hmm. All right, Bill, well, I appreciate you jumping on this. I know you got uh, of plenty of other stuff to do. You're probably like me, and you're just desperate for some lunch at this point. But That's uh, right. You know, <laughs> We'll do it again uh, later this week or next week or three times this week. We'll see what pops up. That's fine. All right, Andy. All right. Thank you. Okay. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Citrix Session with your hosts, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton. A special thanks to our guests, podcast produced by Pete Downing. Head over to Zentegra.com forward slash podcast to listen to all podcasts in this series.